Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. We are just days away, kids, from the fucking start of the season. So this is just a little bit of uh, one last podcast before we get real serious, right? But like always, before we do that, there's a few things that I need to let you guys in on. Uh, obviously housekeeping and then some other stuff. So, one, housekeeping. Guys, um, go to the Facebook fan page, the IG page, the Twitter account, uh, YouTube, all of those under the same name, Michigan just Michigan Maniac Podcast. All together, separate, whatever you want to do, but it's Michigan Maniacs Podcast on all of them. Now, please, it would be fantastic. I don't care if you rate it. I don't care if you give a review. I will actually do. I care about both. But to be quite honest, if you don't want to give a review, I get it. It's, you know, sometimes you just don't want to write. Maybe you just want to put five stars, four stars, two stars, three stars, whatever. You just don't really feel like putting something down, writing it down. I get it. But whatever you do, rate it because that gets me in front of, uh, that helps the uh, algorithm, that gets me in front of more people, and that gets your boy visible, right? Because we are fighting the COVID-19 ball kicking I took uh, from all the loss of listenership. And I mean, let's face it, what was I going to do? I'm independent. I'm not hooked into the team. And even if I was hooked into the team, nothing was going on. So we're trying to rebuild, right, guys? We're trying to reawaken the uh, the fandom, right? The fan base. So go to all those guys. Also, Silent Majority stickers are coming soon. Uh, I, I'm coming up with some other stuff. I just want to see what I can do first. Like I said, this is a slow burn because of COVID. It's kind of put everything on hold. Um, also... So I had a YouTube streaming thing set up to do, but then I realized I didn't hit any of the uh, formatted rules that I needed to fit in to to stream live on YouTube. So what we're going to do is this. This is very important. So listen, on IG, okay, everyone who follows me on IG, I am going to send you a personal invite to a video chat room where we will watch the game together on IG. For all you older people, that's Instagram. Even if you're not on Instagram, if you're on Facebook Messenger, it will send the invite to that. I will also make it available on Twitter. The 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 uh, invite, like the link to go to on Twitter, on my fan page on Facebook, on everywhere I can possibly do it, okay? I'm going to do that. Guys, also, please uh, go to the YouTube page, subscribe, because I am going to be putting all my hot takes on there. Uh, From here on out, well, when game week starts, the season starts, I will be doing the big game pregame video, the reaction episode video, all going on to the YouTube channel, okay? Michigan Maniacs channel. This is very important, guys. Listen, keep it up. Let's do this. Let's kill it. Because uh, I'm an independent, and I'll be quite honest. You know what I really want to do? I want to dominate the other Michigan maniac or the Michigan podcasts that are 
taken care of by big business, right? Like the 24-7s, the USA Todays, the Sports Illustrateds, all those guys who are locked on, the, all the ones that are taken care of by big business, I want to be better than all of them. And through you guys, I know I can. I know my maniacs, my silent majority will get there. And I'll be honest, ever since we've been doing this, I have seen the numbers coming back. So guys, whoever you need to tell, if you need to link my, my episodes to just people you know who are Michigan fans, do it. If you're at a game, like a, a, a house party that the game's being played at, whatever, tell people. Let's get the independent podcast above all the ones that are locked in. You know what I mean? That the ones have the inside track. Okay? Plus, I think, you know, funny. You guys enjoy it. Come on. It's great stuff. Where are you going to hear somebody's uh, rail on fucking uh, PJ Fleck and call him a cult leader? Tell him that if they don't row the boat, he's going to kick their grandmother in the teeth? Who's going to say that? No one. This guy does. This guy does it. I'm entertaining. It's fun. And I just, I that's my goal. I want to dominate those guys. Because here's the thing. And this is, let's get into this. Because, um, let's see, make sure I hit all my important stuff first. Yes, I did. Boom, boom, boom. Good. Let's hit some stuff. Okay. Uh, getting on that. Do you, do you guys know? I mean, if you guys listen to any of these podcasts, None of these podcasts believe that we have a shot in hell to beat Minnesota. Minna-fucking-soda. I know they won 11-2 and two last season, and I'm going to get into more about Minnesota on Tuesday in the big game pregame, so I'm not going to spill all the beans yet. But it's ridiculous to think that we should even be an underdog to these guys. Okay, But here, this is the one I want to talk about. There's one podcast, and I don't want to name them because... I kind of like his political political views sometimes and other stuff that he does. But this guy is crazy. This guy uh, is kind of a weenie in a way when it comes to being a Michigan fan. Uh, one, he doesn't represent, he just, he doesn't accept that we play Ohio State anymore. And I get it, it's painful. But guess what? Real men take it on. Real fans take it on and say, yeah. We've lost 15 in a row or 1,000 in a row or whatever it is. But you know what? This season's going to be different. I know maybe it's foolish. Maybe it is. Maybe it's, it's, a, it's a folly of mine to think that we have a chance to beat Ohio State. I think we don't have much less talent than they do. I, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, Whoa, Ohio State's so much better than us. Oh, and I, I just, we're in the friend zone of this and blah. It's the guy that has lived his whole life. In dating friend zone. So I get it. If you've always been beat down by the women or men, whatever your sexual preference may be, or orientation, whatever we call it nowadays, uh, and you're always getting put in the friend zone, maybe you don't know how to get past it. Maybe you don't know how to win. Maybe you don't know how to make all those crucial moves that get you to win. I get it. Maybe that's the case. But this guy is out there saying that we can go one and th one and two in the first three games. So we're going to lose to Minnesota, who hasn't had a top 25 fucking recruiting class since P.J. Flex taken over. Or maybe ever. I don't know. But I know since the cult leader took over, they haven't had a uh, top 25 
draft uh, recruiting class. They also don't play Ohio State every effing year. They're in the weakest conference, or the weakest division in the conference. Wisconsin is the strongest team in that conf- in that division, and they may be the third or fourth best team every year in the Big Ten. So you're telling me that's a big win for Minnesota? Are you kidding me? And then he says, we're going to lose to the second coming of uh, apparently Joe Montana and Jerry Rice or uh, Aikman and Irvin or Brady and Moss or whatever great tandem you can ever think of because we're going to play the almighty Indiana. Oh, oh my God, the almighty Indiana, how scary they are. Oh, because in 2015, in Harbaugh's first year, which we weren't even supposed to win as many games as they thought, we were, they said it would take Harbaugh years to get us up to double-digit wins, or even nine wins, right? But, oh no, in the first year, oh, we got old man Ruddock, playing the game, and we went to double overtime with scary old Indiana, and we barely pulled that one out. Oh, and then 2017, oh my God, we went into single overtime. Yeah, granted, we had John O'Corn as our quarterback. All right, let's just really, let's break down Indiana for a second and how foolish it is to think that we should even be scared of these fucking idiots, right? And I, I know there's a lot of, good Christians out there that don't like the fact that I curse. But guess what? That's what I do. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean it to offend you. I am just a passionate person who has maybe a limited vocabulary. Whatever. I'll insert whatever insults you want. I don't care. So let's get into this part of it, right? Okay. So we're facing the dynamo that is Indiana football. That's right, the Dynamo. If you listen to numerous Michigan podcasts, 24-7 Michigan podcasts, all of them, oh, well, Indiana, this is the one. Oh, my God, they're so good. We really, we were, pro- were probably going to lose that one. I mean, we're playing in Indiana with no fans. I mean, I don't know if you can tell the difference when there are fans and when there are no fans because Indiana's Indiana. Maybe if we're playing basketball, we'd uh, there'd be a difference. But this is football, people. So let's get to it. I, I mean, we just played them last year with a subpar quarterback who couldn't throw it more than 15 yards downfield with underthrowing a wide open wide receiver, and we beat them 39 to 14. 39 to 14. So all this panic. Now, granted, I know I have railed against this Indiana game all the time because they have paid the Big Ten off to become the trap game for Michigan every fucking season. I get it. Every year we play them before Ohio State. And then this year we're playing them right before Wisconsin. So classic trap game stuff. But now they have progressed so far that they actually can be taken seriously. Not a threat, mind you, but should be taken seriously because if you don't take them seriously and you don't show up, you can lose. I get that part. That's fine. But if Michigan shows up, we out we out recruit them every year. We outplay them out of the five years that Michi- that Harbaugh's been there. We have outplayed them in the second half of every game. That's the thing with this whole Indiana thing. Oh, hold on. We've outplayed them three out of the five. Three out of the five years. We've outplayed them. We've only gotten overtime twice. One was in 2015 where we didn't have a great team, right? We overachieved, most people would say, in 2015. And in 2017 when 
everyone and their mother left from the 2016 team. We went into overtime with them because we had John O'Corn as our quarterback. I don't see where the panic is and all that. Now, what they do, what Indiana does do well in this uh, game is that they play as hard in the first quarter, the first half. I mean, it's obvious. I can't argue those numbers. That's just what we're going to look at here. So 2000, let's, okay, let's take out 2015 and 2017 because we already know. We went into double overtime, 2015, 2017, single overtime. Okay, let's not talk about those. Let's talk about the other three, right? So 2016, close, 7-3 to three at halftime. Indiana was ahead, 7-3 to three at halftime. After halftime, we, made, we all made adjustments. Every team makes adjustments, right? We won, we won the game 20-10. to 10. That means we scored 17 points in the second half to their three. Now, let me ask you something. Were you really sweating it in the second half? When we were scoring 17 points and they scored three? I'm just curious. Were you? I know I wasn't. Um, 2000, uh, let's see, 2018. We won 31 to 20. 31 to 20. Now let's look this up. Let's see. 2000, I said 18. At half, at first half, Indiana 17, Michigan 15. That's right. That's where the cheap shot artist, which was their offensive lineman, hurt Chase Winovich. Dirty play, obviously, for a dumb moron who can't play football. A big, dumb, fat, cow-fed asshole who doesn't know how to block but knows how to cheap shot. Absolutely. That's fine. I guess Chase Winovich outsmarted him because he does go to Michigan, so he is a smart person. And Indiana, they start trying to figure out how Swiss cheese has holes in it. So I'm sure he was boggled, his mind was boggled by the insults just thrown at him by Chase Winovich. So he cheap shots him, which screws us pretty much at the uh, Ohio State game, but not here to going to spilled milk but anyways then we come out second half right every team makes adjustments like i just said you know what happened michigan scores 16 points they score three three yes stevie scott had very a very impressive day there's that's their running back who is if you dick around can't put a lot of yards on you he rushed 30 times for 139 and one touchdown pretty good day Pretty good day for old Stevie Scott. But guess what happened? They only scored three points. Once again, three points in the second half where we scored 16. Now, last time I checked, you don't win the game in the first half. You win the game in the second half. So right now, I don't know why all these Michigan like podcasts, I guess you have to seem uh, like in the middle, you can't really just be hardcore Michigan if you're a Michigan podcast. I don't know why that is, but hey, whatever. Um, they are scared to death of a first half team. I mean, I guess they don't know that football is played in four quarters, not two. Um, okay, let's go to last season. We all saw it. We had uh, the dead horse of the year. Uh, Jay Patterson, Mr. Underthrow, Captain Underthrow himself. And, yeah, once again, Indiana played us tough. Michigan 21, Indiana 14. Pretty close at halftime, right? Stevie Scott, not very impressive this time. Uh, 13 rushes for only 54 yards. Okay. Wow. 
I guess we made the adjustments from one year to the next. And guess what we did? We shut him down. Um, now, at halftime, we made adjustments like we have done over the last five years. We came out and we beat them in the second half 18 to nothing. So we won 39 to 14. Now, I don't know about you, in those three wins, back to back years, mind you, we dominated them. Last year was at Indiana. And we held them to a big fat goose egg in the second half when it counts the most. Now you're going to say, but Adam, the Joe Montana himself, Michael Penix, wasn't in there. Oh, Michael Penix, if you could only see him throw a pass, it's just so beautiful and just, it, it, it spirals and it, it just melts into the hands of the wide receivers like butter and it's just music to everybody's eyes and ears. It's like he's... He's ear-screwing you and eye-fucking you and all this because he's so amazing. Michael Penix! Yes, Michael Penix! Not even his grandmother could point him out in the fucking team picture. But Michael Penix! This guy, he's amazing! So let's talk about Michael Penix, right? Okay, so last year, we're only going to go by last year's standards because that's when anybody found out about Michael Penix. The, the Joe Montana of Indiana. The Larry Bird of football. Um, Michael Penix, he played six games last season. Six! Six whole games before he got hurt. Yes! You're going to say the Thor of Indiana football got hurt? How could a superhero like that be hurt? Oh my God, what has happened to Michael Penix? Okay, uh, Michael Penix played six games, right? He had 13, uh, not bad, not bad, actually. Not bad numbers. One, 110 completions out of 160 for a 68% percentage completion rate. Uh, like 1394 passing, uh, yards passing, 10 touchdowns and 4 interceptions for a great quarterback rating of 157.6. Now you're going to say, Adam, look at that. You already proved yourself wrong, you idiot. Look at you. Look at, look, there's the Thor. There's the Joe Montana that we were talking about. The one that we're so scared of. But let me tell you about the teams he played in those six games. Ball State, the killer. Ball State. Eastern Illinois. That's right. Did you even know Illinois had an eastern part of it? Bet you didn't. You know the one hard team they played in that whole time? Ohio State. Didn't play because he was hurt or scared, diarrhea, whatever happens. But he didn't play. The one tough team he could have played really just show us the Michael Penix that was going to lead him to the fucking mountaintops. Missed out on Ohio State. Strange. Uh, then UConn, the worst team in the history of college football. I think they still wear leather helmets at fucking UConn. That's right. I still think they're running the option. But Michael Penix, he, he gashed them. That Michael Penix, just amazing. He went for 30, 33 out of 42, 78% per, uh, completion percentage for 286 and three touchdowns against the Dynamo. That is UConn football. UConn football. Can you imagine he did all that against UConn? Oh, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I even know these numbers. I look like a fool. Then he played, oh, oh, the juggernaut that is Michigan State at East Lansing. Oh, God, how did he ever do it? They lost the game, by the way. Yes, Michael Penix, the guy who can't lose. The guy who's going to beat us senseless in Bloomington this year. Lost to Michigan State. 
That's right, the team we routed last year. But yes, he went, uh, let's see, Michigan's, oh wait, my fault. He, I was looking at the wrong numbers. I was looking at, so the 33 out of 42, I was too dramatic, I was too theatrical, and I screwed up the numbers. But still, it's comical to say the least. Uh, but the, the Michigan State game, he had 286 yards and three touchdowns. Against Michigan State, and they still lost 40-31. to 31. <laughs> Oh, then not to be outdone, he goes to Rutgers. That's right. That's right, the Monsters of the East Way. That's right, I said East Way because we're in the East Division and Rutgers is a joke. The Monsters of Piscataway. That's right, Piscataway. Yeah, I mean, great job there. 20 for 29, 69% passing. 282 and three touchdowns and one interception. They beat Rutgers. Can you imagine that? 35 to nothing. Well, that's a shocker. Indiana beat Rutgers. <laughs> well, what a, I, I would have, I thought Rutgers was penciled in for the national title at this point. Then they go to world beater, Maryland. That's right, guys. Maryland. Uh-huh. And he goes nine for 14. Nine for 14, 141, one touchdown, one interception. Nine for f 141, are you effing kidding me? And then also, Northwestern, he went 10 for 15. That's right, Northwestern, book nerd central. Guys doing book reports on the side on the sidelines instead of playing plays. Instead of looking at what the plays are or trying to figure out what snap counts or what kind of blitz packages they're going to do, they're doing math homework and fucking book reports. That's right, Northwestern. They beat that juggernaut. Uh, he went 10 for 15 for 162. No touchdowns and no, no interceptions. No touchdowns and no interceptions against fucking Northwestern. The guys are nerds. And they can't, he can't even throw a touchdown. He can't even go two bills on nerds. They're out spouting fucking Shakespeare, and this guy is throwing it in the dirt. But this is the guy we need to be scared of. If you listen to Michigan, the Michigan podcast, we got to be scared of them. They're going to beat us. They're going to beat us. Even though we beat them 39-14 with a subpar quarterback, we're, we're going to lose this year. We're going to lose, guys. We're going to lose. Okay? Because Michael Penix is here. Alright? Because he's got the guy Wap Fillier. Now, last time I checked, I'm Italian-American. Uh, I didn't know that, uh, like, ethnic slurs were okay to go by as your name. I didn't know that. Because last time I checked, I mean, from the time I was about 5 to about 16, if you were to listen to my grandmother yell out the window, if you just put dirty little in front of what you would have heard that all throughout my neighborhood for my grandmother calling me and my brother home hey you dirty little wop get your ass in here but what failure that's right the jerry rice guys the jerry rice of indiana wop ethnic slur wop failure my people haven't suffered enough but we got to have a subpar wide receiver if you're going to be wop why don't you be dago can we get a Dago wide receiver? Please, how about how about how about Peyton Hendershot goes to Dago Hendershot? That sounds pretty good, right? Or how about uh Dago Freifogel? 
That's that's rolls right off the tongue. Dago Freifogel along with Watt Fillier. Man, I'm telling you, these ethnic slurs just roll right off the tongue because I've heard them my whole life. <laughs> I've heard them my whole life. No, uh, I'm not offended at all. I just think it's funny. Uh, but it's mediocre. Listen, if you're going to be an Italian ethnic slur, please be above average. Please. It hurts my people. We created the uh, the Costa Nostra, the the mob, for God's sakes. And you're going to put a mediocre wide receiver and call him WAP? Seriously? What have my people done? Come over on a boat for what? So a mediocre wide receiver can be named WAP? I hope he's Italian. I hope half of him is Italian. I really do. So this way he knows my pain. Because, like I told you, from a young age, Dirty Little Wop was my name. It's just how I rolled in my neighborhood, kids. It's just what happened. Now, that kid, that kid does nothing. I, I don't even know. He got hurt last season. Oh, okay. And then Ty, Fro, Ty Freifogel, or Dago Freifogel, Went for 4 for 39, and then Peyton Hendershot went for 6 for 62 against us last year. And then, like I told you, Stevie Scott rushed for 54 yards. This is the team that the majority of the Michigan podcasts that I listen to, and I do listen to them because i got to hear what the competition's up to, has said that we're going to lose to. Can you imagine that? This is the team, guys. This is They're, they're returning... Michael Penix Jr. Oh my God, guys! Could, could you see? Did you see all the great competition? Let me remind you the great competition that he went up against. They have such great numbers. If you can't complete sixty-eight percent of your passes against Ball State, Eastern Illinois, UConn, Michigan State, Rutgers, Maryland, and North Fucking Western, this is the guy we need to be worried about. Are you kidding me? What is going on in this day and age where we where we just accept that these podcasts can just blatantly kick us in the balls with with the disrespect? Would you rather let me ask you this, uh, Michigan Faithful, would you rather have uh, Michael Penix Jr. or would you rather have Joe Milton? The unknown that is Joe Milton. Which one would you rather have? And with the team that they no great coaching changes, most of the teams coming back, right for Indiana. Which coaching staff made the better adjustments at halftime? Well, in all five games because we won all five in the Harbaugh era, but in the three, the three that we really separated ourselves in. Which coaching staff made the proper adjustments and shut everything down? I think that was us. I don't think it was nail biters to the end and three out of the five. And in our two down years, we act, they actually had a chance. Shocker. Oh my God. Are you telling me when you have John O'Corn at quarterback that Indiana could have a chance at beating us? Oh my word. Gasp. I'm holding my chest. Are you kidding me? Oh, 2015? Oh my God. Are you kidding uh, Harbaugh's first year when no one gave us a chance to win any games and we went to double overtime when they actually had pretty good team. Well, they had pretty good players on that Indiana, <laughs> the Indiana squad, but oh my God. Oh, gasp again.
Give me a break. This is horseshit. If you guys want to continue to listen to podcast after podcast of guys who never give us a chance, then guys, please go right ahead. That that should be yours, and you guys will only find yourselves miserable, and you won't know. But if you guys want to go to a podcast like you guys are listening to now, and you want to enjoy it and uh, have a guy who can match numbers for numbers and actually give you the real spin on what's really going on, maybe I'm the Fox News of all this, right? I'd like to think I'm the Tim the Tim cast or whatever, I, but if I gotta be mainstream news, I guess I'm probably the Fox because I'm going against the mainstream narrative of how bad we are. And if we are really just the, just I don't get it. I'm just so let's close this out with just a few questions that guys have been asking me, and I just want to give them a quick answer. Maybe oh by the way, before we get into this, I want to just say. Uh, also, once again, I want to reiterate, because I know I said this at the beginning of the show. Um, Tuesday, big game pregame will also be on YouTube and wherever you hear podcasts audibly, right? Uh, ask me anything and what annoys me on, on Instagram will be on Thursday. And then the reaction episode, which will be also on YouTube and wherever else you find on, you know, audibly. Uh will will be on Saturday, okay? Um, so those are the shows. I guarantee three a week. Uh, I will make that happen. Um, but just so you guys know. So, but this is a little bit of ask me anything. And these were just some questions that I had been talking to some guys and they threw them out there. And I wanted to do another show right before game week to really get us stoked. And plus, listening to all these podcasts lately... Uh, just not give us a shot. I mean, five and three. Do you guys feel that we're going to be five and three this year? I mean, losing to Minnesota? We're going to go over why Minnesota's a joke. Why that cult leader really hasn't done dick. Um, and then Indiana. Why do we need to be scared of Indiana? Please, I've showed you tonight. Why, why are we scared of Indiana? Yes, if you don't show up to play, you will lose a game. That's very true. I'm not saying that. Yeah, and if Michigan doesn't show up, they deserve to lose. 100%. No one's saying that. I'm just saying, if Michigan shows up, it's, you don't have to worry about a hostile environment. Why do you have to worry about a hostile environment? There's going to be no fucking fans. And you're going to tell me Indiana with their... 5,000 fans, I mean, at max, what were they? Oh, if they sell out, what is it, 30? Is really a hostile environment? Give me a break. Um, so, Peter, uh, one of the hardcore young men that are Michigan maniacs, uh, sent me a few questions. He goes, uh, who, well, he wants to know who do you think the kicker is going to be? He asked me some Indiana questions earlier. And I'm going to hold off until the big game pregame, and just so we don't, uh, so the redundancy isn't there, right? Um, I don't. I, to be quite honest with you, Peter, I don't really care. I think uh, Nordine's probably going to do it just because he's a stronger leg than Moody, and they both had accuracy issues somewhat last year. But Nordine kind of came on late. Granted, he did miss the extra point against Ohio State, and that was kind of an omen to me. I looked at my buddy and said, "Oh fuck," but still, he's kicking it way better than he was i mean i you know he's a kicker so in general who cares right peter i know you i know you're just thirsty for some for some uh 
ask me anything stuff. So I want to say Nordine. I mean, Moody's a good kid. Either way, I think we're in, we're and we're fine. But I think Nordine just because his leg is super strong. I mean, he made what a fifty something yard, fifty eight yard field goal or whatever it was against Alabama in the in the bowl game. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Nordine. Um, then Ryan, uh, another great maniac. Seriously, uh, a lot of fun to talk to. Um, he says with no shutdown corners, will Don Brown change his defense to more zone scheme defense? Well. I mean, as we saw, that's the first question. As we saw last season, they went to way more zone than what we had done in years past. I mean, I would assume. But if you really, I would say, Ryan, go back and check out the Alabama bowl game and watch the amazing job that Vincent Gray does. And then if you can stomach it, I would then say compare it to the Ohio State game. He had some lapses, but just look at the growth he had over that small period of time, which was, what, a month? And what he could do against the, uh, I would say, a much better receiver, well, not much better, but a better receiving core in Alabama than Ohio State. And what he, or even if it's comparable, what he was able to do in a month, his leaps and bounds on that. He, to me, and I think I've said this before, he's a harder hitting Channing Stribling. I, I love Channing Stribling. I love the way he played. He had long arms. He wasn't as fast. But he knew how to use that to his advantage. He knew how to cover. And that's the same thing I see with Vincent Gray. Um, now, sure, I'm sure you're going to have um, Hawkins or Hill uh, in that bracket situation, right, when it comes to double teaming. Uh, so when it comes to team Bateman, which is the only saving grace uh, Minnesota has um, in the wide receiving core. So I'm, I'm sure you're going to see a lot of double teams. But, the, I mean, they're already going to more zone. So you're going to ex – I expect to see as much or maybe even more, depending on how confident they feel about the the, the cornerbacks they already have. So Jamon Green or uh, DJ Turner. Um, I think – and the next question is, I think our D is solid around the cornerbacks. I would hate to see Dax get put in dual role and stun his growth as a safety. Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean – I heard I heard an interesting point, and I know I bagged on a lot of these podcasts tonight, but I did have I heard an interesting point. Um, I would I would expect Hill to be a lot like Jabril Peppers, right? He's so good, and like Harbaugh said, he's probably the best player on the team. So if you can use him in another role, why not? Right, he's he's dynamic. He's going to go to the NFL regardless. I think if he just continues to get better and better, obviously that's on him, uh, you know, to continue to improve himself. But um, I, I really do. I, I would love to use him wherever we can. Whatever gives us the advantage in that game, I don't care if he's got to kick field goals. If they think that's what's best, if he's got to return punts, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm always nervous when we put star players in. Um, uh, special team roles only because uh, I call it the Jason Seahorn effect because Jason Seahorn for the Giants was one of the best cornerbacks in the game, right? Fast, covers, hits, did the whole thing until he started returning punts for the Giants. He got, I think, tore his ACL and he was really never the same. He became more of a safety than it was a quarter, a cornerback. So, you know, outside of that, but I, I don't care if Daxon Hill's got to be a corner some nights, uh, nickel, uh, safety, whatever it is that gets 
us to win. And it'll, let's face it, in the NFL, he's big, he's fast, and he he's uh, he could be a safety, but he could also be a cornerback. And the way some of these defenses are, are trending in the NFL, he could actually be a linebacker. I don't think it's going to happen, obviously. But, I mean, hey, who cares? I think it's going to I think it's going to make him a better player. So no, I, yeah, if he wasn't so dynamic, I think the dual positioning could hurt him. But he's so dynamic, I think he rises above it all. To be quite honest with you, and then, but great question though, Ryan. And I'm, like I said tonight, keep him coming, man. I love how invested. Actually, can I say I love how invested all you guys are? The silent majority, you guys are fantastic so just keep telling more people more and more people about this podcast and we're going and we're going to take down all those non-believers that are backed by big business um last question by by ryan um another uh where the fuck is mozzie smith we need him with chris henton to hold down the fort true um i think don brown just forgot to mention him I mean, he dropped from he dropped weight, which is very impressive, from three fifty down to I think he's three hundred five now, or something like that, or three hundred five, three twenty. It's like right in that an amazing thirty pound to fifty pound weight loss in an off season, right? Now, if they're really as serious as they say they are, and I know it's coach speak, and I know I told you I mainline that coach speak. It's like heroin to me, baby. I love it, but if if they are really telling the truth. Then Donovan Jeter uh, is holding his own. Welshkoff, uh, you've got uh, Hinton still killing it. Uh, Kemp. So I think I think we're much better off than we were before. So Mozzie Smith would be great to have, but like I, he's a project kid, right? Because he was so much bigger. I think they didn't expect anything out of him until maybe his third year, anyways. So I don't really care as long as Chris Hinton is hitting it and Donovan Jeter actually is doing what they say he's doing, then I think it, it eases the uh the pushing Mozzie Smith forward, right? You allow him to kinda learn at his own pace. You know what I'm saying? So if if Jeter is exactly what they say he is, you have a rotation of uh Hinton, Kemp, and Jeter, I think that's pretty impressive. And then you can throw Mozzie in there on, you know, like the Rudger games and stuff like that and let him get some real game experience, but not with any real uh, consequence. And I think we've got something there. So uh, I hope that answered it well for you, Ryan. Guys, like I always say, I love this show. I love doing this show. Even if I only had two followers, I would still continue to do it. But I'm a competitive person. I want to beat them all. And I know my maniacs are behind me. Uh, we're going to get back what we lost from COVID. We're going to reignite the fire of love for this team because I really have a great belief that this season is going to be a special season, not a 5-3 and three season, okay? Not a 5-3 and three season. I'm talking going in undefeated into the game, right? I really believe it. Uh, I, I can't wait. I've watched this stuff about Joe Milton, and I can't wait to see what this kid does. I, I can't wait. So, guys, I love this show. You love this show. Let's promote the hell out of this show, right? And, guys, uh, it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And always and forever, go blue.